All right, happy Father's Day. Go on, man. Any men in the house? Well, today I'm privileged to share the stage with uh, the guys at the D.C. staff, and we're going to come and just open up our hearts and kind of let the uh, conversation be spirit-led and organic this morning. We had a great discussion in the first service, and we're going to mix it up a little bit here, and they even changed seats on me here, so we're already mixing it up already uh, from the first service. But, you know, you know, all these guys up here, including myself, I uh, could tell you one thing that probably 10 years ago didn't see themselves where they are today. Didn't see themselves working in ministry and, and leading the local church. And we're probably where a lot of guys are now sitting here in this church right now. They're at the point where thinking, you know, I don't know if God could really use me or I'm thinking about going all in, but I don't know. You know, I think for every man, it becomes a battle within our spirit, our will, our pride about you know, surrendering to the will of God for our lives. And at some point, we see some guys where they just, they're able to break through that barrier and go all in and, and just God uses them tremendously. And some guys seem just to stay reserved and, and never quite experience that all in phase of their life. And, and you guys obviously have all made a decision here at DC. Uh, what would you say? A couple of you guys speak up and say, what was some of the things you went through as you decided to go all in with your decision just to follow Christ and to be a spiritual leader and just say, you know what? I, I want to take myself and those I'm leading to the next level. What was it that took you from maybe a spectator to getting in the game and leading? Uh, well, I know uh, for me, you know, it, a lot of it is, is that pride factor, you know, it is, uh, you know, trying to uh, be macho and go to church, which, you know, uh, it's kind of hard to like raise your hand and surrender to God and be macho. Um, so that was always a challenge for me. And so I think uh, Pastor Dean preached on it before, but one of the things that he kept coming up to mind is like, you know, if KU is playing basketball, I don't, I'll yell, I'll scream, I'll put my hands up, I'll get on the floor and pray if I need to, you know. Uh, it, True story. I, I mean, whatever it takes for KU to win. That's, that's, I mean, so, um, rock chop. And so, um, you know, but then I would, I wouldn't carry that over. So I wouldn't carry that over to church. I mean, oh no, I can't, I can't, I can't raise my hand, even though that's exactly what I was doing last night, you know, during the game, you know? So, um, I think that part kind of just kind of helped reframe it in my mind about just what it was really like to kind of, to, to understand, you know, it's, it's more important to worship God than it is, KU. I think KU is like right below. I had, uh, I had this thought. Was that a cool echo? I had this cool thought. Uh, actually, I don't know if it was cool. I had this remembrance. How about that? Whenever I was a freshman in high school, I uh, went to church camp like many other youth guys do, youth kids, girls, boys, whatever. And, and I remember, you know, that kind of being a defining moment in my life. And I come back to school. And the kids at my lunch table are making fun of me because they said, Onward, Christian soldier. And they were singing to me, making fun of me, right? And so it, it, it was a matter of fear. I was afraid because I was afraid to take a stand for God. And it took a long time in my life before I realized I have one life. <laughs> I have one life. And I'm either going to be a Christian in that whole life or I'm not going to be a Christian in that whole life. I can't separate being a Christian when I'm at school, when I'm at work, when I'm at church, when I'm at Walmart. I'm either a Christian or I'm not a Christian. 
And whenever I finally overcame that, then, then God was able to start, you know, pouring those things into my life. Actually, He had already, you know, determined what He wanted to do with my life before I was willing to accept that and to walk in it. But it took that time for me when I said, you know what? You can call me an onward Christian soldier if you want. That, that is what it is. You know what I'm saying? That is what it is. All right. <laughs> do, do you find it weird that like the sinners knew the words of that song? I don't even know the words of that song. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, it was kind of one of those deals where, um, uh, you, you get to a place where you have like certain milestones in your life, you know? So like, uh, you get your car, you know, and you, and then you graduate high school. Uh, mine was, uh, we were, we were just, just about to get married. Uh, I just proposed to Jen and we were, uh, I had about a year before we were going to get married. And I, I thought I had it all planned out. I thought God knew, I thought I knew exactly what God had for me. So I was heading in a, in a particular direction. Um, but it was kind of like he just hit the brakes and he said, no, I want you to do something completely different. And I said, no. <laughs> um, and, uh, there was some struggle there between he and I. And, and it was neat because in that struggle, I learned a lot about me and what my thought of what, who he was. You know what I mean? Uh, growing up in church, you kind of have this idea of what God is and and then he just kind of wrecked it <laughs> and uh so in that probably about that year that was when i really decided that it was time for me to really really create um a legacy for myself and for those behind me following uh following god the way that he told me to so it, it was just kind of one of those milestones that i kind of went through stuff all right guys i know that uh being a father is not easy but uh, just just kind of tell me here, some of you guys tell me, what's the, what's the most rewarding thing about being a father to you? Anybody have want to answer this one? Uh, the progression and watching them grow, seeing where they were and where they are now. Uh, and, you know, nothing will ever take the place of after a long day of work, you walk in the door and all you hear is all three kids say, dad, daddy, dad, you know, uh, Aaliyah running up to me. Uh, there, there will never be anything, um, that can, that can replace that feeling. And I think that that's what really drives you, uh, as a father. And, you know, you have, you have your discipline moments, uh, but even in those moments, sitting down and talking with them and watching the light bulb go off, even if you're dealing with it for three weeks or a month. And sometimes for me, I think the longer the battle, of whatever they're dealing with, the more rewarding it is because you get to finally sit there and be like, you finally got it. Now let's move back. Let's move on to the next thing. Cause there's always going to be something. It's like peeling back an onion in a layer, but just hearing uh, them know and want the love of their daddy. Um, well, nothing will ever replace that. Somebody else reward? Uh, the biggest reward for me is just seeing, uh, Seeing and getting to pour into each of my boys differently. Uh, they're both completely different. Um, <clears throat> my oldest and our first was the easy child. Um, he spoiled myself, my wife. It was like, hey, we can put you in the middle of the floor with a toy and never have to worry about you. And then our youngest comes along and uh, this morning, for instance, decides to write all over our dishwasher and cabinets <laughs> and floor with a red permanent marker. And it's like... Oh, I want to strangle you right now, but I love you. And, uh, it, but the biggest reward is just seeing the difference in the two of them and how they both came from the same two people, uh, but they're both completely different and they're both completely their own person. 
and uh, them being proud of themselves and being proud in the moment for things that they want to do. And, and they're not trying to make mom or dad proud in that moment. They're just doing stuff they love to do. And uh, that's probably the biggest reward for me. What do you think, uh, I'll, Justin, I'll let you answer this one. What do you think is the most challenging part of being a father? <laughs> like, where do I start, right? <laughs> um, man, I think the most challenging part, for me at least, uh, is when I see my kids not doing something because of fear when I know that they're built for it. Um, like, I don't know, uh, Caleb playing football for the first time. He was afraid of getting hit. We were afraid of him getting hit too, but he was afraid of getting hit. Um, he always wanted to play, and I, I knew that he could play, but he was afraid of getting hit. So I said, well, son, you're fast enough. Don't get hit. <laughs> And when he first got out there on the field and he showed off his speed and he got hit and he bounced back up, I said, Dad, I'm okay. I said, because you, you were built for this. It's like when you see your kids doubt what you know that they're able to do, it's challenging because you want to jump in and do it for them, but you know that that's something about themselves that they have to discover just by going through the process themselves, like that progression that Pastor Mike was just talking about. Grace challenge. Well, if we could go back to that story this morning uh, that I shared. No, uh, the biggest uh, challenge for me is discipline. Um, mainly because I grew up in an extremely disciplined home. So I want to do the complete opposite and be more lenient. However, by default, um, I tend to gravitate towards being too hard on them. And uh, my wife has to constantly remind me, you know, ease up. You know, he's five, you know, he's, he's two and a half. And it's a good thing I was still in a fog this morning when he came in and was covered in red marker. I was still kind of waking up. Um, mom was awake and had it cleaned up. But uh, I was able to kind of go in there and he showed off his work on the cabinet. And um, I just kind of laughed it off and, you know, hey, we'll get paint and it'll be all right. Uh, when we first had our child, I would have, it would have not been pretty. Um, I have would have been way over the top, but we talked about it first service. It's been a progression. And from five years ago when I first became a dad to now, um, realizing that, like I said a while ago, both of my boys are different. Um, I can raise my boys at my oldest and I don't have to worry about anything. My youngest, you can beat him, put him in timeout, raise your voice. It just does not matter sometimes. So uh, that's that's the biggest yeah, issue I, and the biggest challenge for me. I agree with you. Discipline is definitely the tough part. And as the dad, sometimes you, I mean, that falls on you nine times out of ten. Uh, there was actually an incident when I was at church camp and my wife called me. She's like, hey, Tristan did this, but I'm handling it. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't call him. Let, let me take it. I said, girl, you talking dirty in my ears. Stop <laughs> it. You know, <laughs> but sometimes it's like it's nice when, uh, you know, they – the mom has to feel like she has that authority too. And if she has, and if, then if she has problems, then, then, okay, you, she mentions the word dad, then you hush up. And so it's, it's kind of nice, um, 
being able to just be in that spot and and have that discipline and just knowing the you know balance is another big one we talked about it in first service with time you know t-i-m-e also spells d-a-d and so it's it's hard to balance that time because you're going to go through seasons it's not like every week i'm going to spend this amount of time there's going to be times when you're busy for you know, two or three weeks, but it's how do you make up that time going backwards? How do you schedule that time in going backwards? And, you know, in the midst of your busyness, still taking time to have direct conversations with your kids and say, hey, I love you. Dad's busy. And I'll tell my kids when I have a busy month coming up, hey, look at everything I have on the calendar, but check out this month. And I promise you this day, this day, this day, it's going to be all yours. We'll do what you want to do. And it's just all about knowing that you're going to have times when you're busy for weeks at a time, but making sure your kids know you're going to come back and make that make that time up with them right the best way you can i think that really leads into a good question is you know uh how 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 do we do that and balance in our life you know past time when she started off on this but how do we bring the balance of making sure that we're spending quality time with our kids and giving them what they need but yet we have responsibilities as the providers of the family as well how do you find that balance and how do you work it in when you have a busy schedule yeah, that's actually real hard. Um, as all of you know, it's hard, as all of you know, because life is busy. And, and life just requires a lot of you. And, and I think it, you know, for me, it, it's been different at different stages of my life. I mean, whenever Debbie and I first got married, I mean, and started having kids, it was hard. I mean, I was trying to work more, you know, trying to provide. And, and I guess, I guess there just came this time when I realized, I, I think it's I think it's a great idea to put time on the calendar. I think it's a great I- idea to to make those planned times. In addition to that, I think every waking moment that you have an opportunity is an opportunity. And so, I mean, does that mean, hey, I'm going to go out and mow the yard? Hey, if if they're big enough, take them with you. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm going to run to the store and get something for for your mom. I mean, take them with you. Um, I've, I've got to go down to the church and, and fix a light bulb. I mean, take them with you. The thing that I find and the thing that I've found is in, in addition to those pre-planned moments is just living life with them every minute. Every, cause every opportunity, I mean, every moment is an opportunity. And I think if you let those pass, the kids will remember the time spent. I'm not saying that's not important because it is. But in addition to that, just every minute, every minute is an opportunity. And I think we just have to take advantage of those small minutes. I think that's one of the things that, you know, we can't emphasize enough. I think as dads, sometimes we equate, you know, providing for our family. And we'll go and work two jobs. You know, we'll do this and that. And think the more things I can give my family, the more they're going to see our love. And I think we have to be careful and make sure that we are keeping ourselves in balance in that and let me just drive it home today guys if you're not getting the message of what we're saying is simply this the greatest thing besides jesus that you can ever give your family is your time dad listen to me time is what they want time is what they'll remember you know and i had a discussion with my high school students many times because uh, when I go over to the high school, many times a lot of them are driving really nice cars. A lot of nice, a lot of them got nicer cars than I got in the school parking lot. I'm like, where did this 16 year old get this car from? You know, and I'm like, well, their dad bought a farm or this dad, you know, and kind of find out, you know, a lot of them have, have, uh, parents who, uh, have been divorced and, and so the dad's not really there, but he, he shows up and gives an expensive car, but he's not given the time. 
you know, and, and we talk about that and, and say, you know, it's, it's nice they could do that, but what do you think they really need more? You know, they want more than anything. They want that time. And that's what they remember more than anything. My son Hayden got up this morning and he goes, Dad, he goes, you know what? Anniversary. You know what today? He said, first he said, do you know what today is? I said, Father's Day. He goes, besides that. I go, Sunday. He goes, besides that. I go, what is it? He goes, today is the eight-year anniversary when you and I went to Kansas City and watched Money in the Bank professional wrestling. I didn't, I forgot all about that, you know. He, but he remembered that today was the eight-year anniversary that Dad took time to take him to watch something that was fake, but a lot of fun, and we screamed our heads off, you know, and we got into it, and we had a blast, and he remembers that eight years ago, Dad took time to go in there and invade his world and take him to something that was important. And, you know, and some of the greatest things we've ever done was spend time. One of the things that having a, a big family with children is that we try to do is we try to do trips where I, I just take the guys and go, and my wife would just take the girls and go, and we just do guy trips. And it was some of the best memories we have because we go and do things that we wouldn't normally do on a normal vacation. You know, this just guy things. We we get up, we go tour the stadium. I remember, we go like to Dallas, and we go down to the stadium, the new stadium. We do the tour, and then we spend the day playing uh, football on the field with everybody else that was there, passing the ball around, having a great time. And then we go watch midnight movie premieres, and then go eat pancakes at 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, things you just couldn't do when your wife's there making you behave. We had a great time. Some of the greatest memories we have, and today we still have stories I can't share with you here publicly, but us guys have, and we, we laugh our heads off about some of these stories that happen on those trips. Yeah, Pastor Jay. And I think a big part of balance and everything that you all have been saying um, is as a man just finding that contentment in my heart that it doesn't matter what my bank account says, it matters what my heart account says. Um, there have been so many times, <clears throat> you know, we have five kids, so... You know, we both teach, and so there have been times where we have nothing in the bank, but we still get together as a family, and we have still the best times. And it, you know, even though in my heart I might be troubled, like, God, I need a better job. I need something to where we don't have these times where we just don't have anything. But then God will speak to my heart. But, yeah, look at all the riches that I have in front of you. So where, where do you look? Where, where's your wealth? Yeah. That's great. You know, and like you said, it was those spontaneous moments, you know, when you have a lot of kids, especially, that you just have to take advantage of it. And so for me, it was like you said, when they were young, you know, when they're older, they don't necessarily want to do this. When they're younger, they'd go with you to the grocery store or go with you to run an errand. And whenever they go young, I would try to make that little short time we had special. And so I told every kid, every time I was by myself, I said, I want you to know, don't tell the rest of your brothers and sisters, but you're my favorite. <laughs> you know, and they're like, they're like, I know this, Dad. I already know this, Dad. That's all of them. I knew that. I knew that already, Dad. You know, and just making them feel special as best you can. It doesn't take a lot. A little run through the, you know, ice cream and, and grab an air and spend some one-on-one time with them means a lot. So, so how do we, how do we do this, guys? It's about passing on a spiritual heritage. You know, as men, how do we pass on a spiritual heritage? How do we become? I know if we look around, every one of us lead our homes differently. But yet, there's a lot of similar qualities, but yet, there's also different ways. And you hear this whole thing thrown out there a lot, like, we got to be the spiritual leader of the home. Uh, tell us, how that, what's that look like, being a spiritual leader to you? A couple of you guys answered that. What's it look like being a spiritual leader in your home? 
Uh, all right. Um, well, um, we kind of touched on this earlier, but I, I'm going to be honest. Um, I take direction from my wife. Um, I, I know that... Uh, we already knew this. Yeah, I know. Um, but, but honestly, you know, if, if we didn't have... For me, if I didn't have the, the people around me, um, whether it's these guys or, or other people, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would have had such a great example of what that is. And, and to be honest with you, um, that's one of those things that I've always felt like I was dragging behind, um, in that area. And so, um, you know, Lisa would say, you know, hey, you know, you should, you should probably pray when we eat dinner. You know, that should probably be your thing. Um, she didn't always say it that nicely, but, um, but you know, and it's, and it's one of those things where it just, it takes time and it takes comfort and it takes, um, me being okay with who I am and being okay with, with, um, you know, my relationship with God and, and the exam, setting that example, you know, for my kids. And so I think, I think, you know, it's, we're all at kind of different stages. Some, some, you know, that's, that's very much the tradition. Some, some, you know, some get out the Bible and, and, and go there. And some, some just looks for those little times, you know, as you're putting your kids to bed or giving them a kiss in the morning before you go to work or, or, you know, just letting them know that you love them and, and that you care about them in, in different ways. So, um, so I, I don't know that I'm, I'm the one to speak on this. So I'll let these guys take it. So, um, I, I think, I think being the spiritual leader in your house, in, in some ways it kind of changes as you progress, as you, as you start to learn more about being a spiritual father. And the thing that I've learned, or I've come to realize, I guess, is that whether I realize it or not, I am the spiritual leader in my house. And sometimes I've been the spiritual leader that is taking my family away from God. And you guys understand what I'm saying? And other times I've been the spiritual leader that is taking my family toward God. And, and I feel like, um, you know, all the different things. I mean, I, I know we've, we've talked about this in the first service, but, you know, we, we buy our kids the children's Bibles. You know, we do that. We, we pray with them before they go to bed. We, we pray before the meals. I mean, we've all done that. And those are very, very important things. And what I mean is that it changes. It's organic. It's alive. It's not, you can't, okay, so if I read to my adult kids out of the children's Bible every night and tucked them into bed, that'd be a little weird, right? It's cool maybe when they're one, two, three. But I just have to realize as the man, as the father in my house, that I am the spiritual leader. So everything that I do, those kids are looking at me. They're looking to see if, if I really believe what I've been telling them for the last 27 years of their life. You know, I have a son that's 27. So I've had 27 years of, of planting seed in his life. And so now at the other end, at 27 years later, Dad, are you, you going to do what you've, what you've said these last 27 years? Or am I going to see a completely different picture? And so I just, I just need to realize that Everything that I do, my life, man, it is, when you're a father, a mother, man, it's like living your life in a fishbowl, right? Them kids are eyeballing you. They're checking you out. They're seeing if you do what you say. And so I can't narrow it down to one discipline, although I believe in discipline. I mean spiritual disciplines. I believe in reading the Word of God. I believe in prayer. I believe in tithing. But, but the kids, man, they're looking at everything I do. They're looking at those spiritual disciplines, and they're looking 
at how I handle myself on range line if somebody pulls out in front of me, you know, if I give them some of that or if I say, oh, you know what I mean? So your kids are watching you. Yeah, I think it, uh, too, boils down to, I know we hit on it in first service, uh, but all about how we, our excitement, you know, because, it, you know, we leave our actions and our kids watch us. So if I say, hey, it's time to go to church, they're going to really look to see, am I really excited to go to church? Am I really excited to serve? Am I really excited to give? Am I really excited? So I always try to make sure, you know, I don't, whenever you're talking, they, they, you know, and you're in an interview or something, a lot of times they'll tell you, hey, make sure you over, you know, tell, tell, make, make sure your excitement is over the top because it feels over the top to you, but to everyone else, it just looks like a normal excitement and your kids will see that. So my biggest thing is, uh, make sure that you're excited. And I know there's a lot of ladies in the room, so I'm going to, hey, before, you know, I'm going to hide behind Pastor Joe, but, and a lot of you are great at this, but for the ladies that might need a little bit of help, men need your support. They need your submission. And, uh, it really helps us out as guys. And my wife does great as this. She, you know, she, she supports me. And, you know, even if she thinks I'm blowing it, she's going to come back and say, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe we should do it this way, or maybe you should tone it down here, or maybe you, you shouldn't have said yes to that. Um, but I think it's very important, um, that, that, guys and fathers feel that support uh, and that encouragement uh, from their wives and they feel like they have a voice at the table um, because your kids are watching that and raising up that heritage is important because they're the next men up you know they're the next ones up to change the culture of the church they're the next one up to influence the church and so we have to make sure that we have that excitement for our kids and they see it they don't they don't we don't just tell them but they see it from us pastor joe you mentioned something in the first service about setting the tone What's how you feel? Like, I don't do a lot of great things, but one of the things I do do, you said, was set the tone every morning when we're getting up early, getting ready for school. And tell us, tell us maybe an idea how you did that. Well, basically, in our house, especially during the school year, Jen has to be at work um, before 7.30. So uh, usually it's about a 5.45 wake-up call for our house. Um, she'll, she actually gets up at five and has three cups of coffee in her quiet time, which is awesome. And I love her for that because she's the most human person at six o'clock when, when it all comes together. But, um, you know, we got small kids and, and sometimes they're just tired. And so one of the things we just like to do is, uh, I'll, I'll throw some worship music on, but it's not going to be like, Hey, go back to bed worship music. It's like Jesus in your face, rock and roll music. Um, and we'll just blare it through the house and it's kind of like that wake up call for them. Um, and so it's, it just like, like Pastor Chin was saying, it just kind of sets the tone for the day. Um, you know, we all heard the saying, happy wife, happy life. Uh, well, I, I believe a grumpy daddy makes a grumpy family. And so I, I put that on me. So to kind of tag with Tom, it's like, we're kind of the rudder in our family, you know, and so if, if I'm excited about something, the kids are going to get excited about something, but if I'm not excited about something, they're not going to be excited about it either, unless it's like going to Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. That's something <laughs> different. But yeah, just to kind of set the tone in the morning, kind of get the day going and, and, and making it do those things. We also try, um, and, and again, this is, a, a, it, sometimes it's hit, sometimes it's miss, um, but we'll try to gather the four of us together and just stand in the kitchen before we walk out the door and just pray together as a family. And it's, and it's literally in our home, you know, we have a, a very large 95 pound dog and, and he likes to be a part of the center of the circle too. So a lot of times we're kind of, you know, 
one hand in the in the in the prayer ring and the other hand on you know the bags and getting ready to walk out the door but it's like okay god we just need you to have your will this day center our heart on you god and keep us safe today and then we're out the door and it's just those kind of things that just kind of help kind of set the tone i think that you know probably the most powerful thing that was we said earlier through all this conversation was that Every man, listen to me guys, every man in this room is a spiritual leader of your home. Every man in this room is a spiritual leader of your home. Whether you think you are or you're not, you are. So either you're leading them to grow, to trust God, to grow in their faith, to keep God a priority, or you're leading them to say, it's not important, it's just a slice of my life, it's just a small portion and then the rest of my life. Either way, we're leading our kids because they're watching us, dads. They're watching everything we do, and they're seeing from us how we handle this. And I think one of the greatest things uh, that my dad ever did for me being raised in church, number one, is I didn't have an option. I had to be at church. You know, and I, I meet people all the time. They're like, well, my kids are getting older. I let them have an option. I'm like, do they live in your home? Yeah, well, if they live in your home. You need to make sure they're in the house of the Lord. That's just, that's just not an option. It's not an option. Why? Because I'm leading them to know that's not, that's not negotiable. In our home, that's a non-negotiable. We're all going to be at the house of the Lord as much as possible. We're going to be here. And, well, you know, they don't, they want to, they want to rather sleep in. I can't get them out of bed. Well, what do you do on Monday morning when they have to go to school? You know, it's not a, we, we make sure they're up and getting their education, but, we let them do that. See, it's important that we don't do that. So my, they always made sure I was in the house of the Lord, even when I didn't want to be here. And they never used youth group, never used church activities as a punishment. Because I was always in trouble, believe it or not. I know it's hard to believe. I was in trouble a lot. But my dad would never ground me from youth group or church functions or youth trips. And I, as a youth pastor, I've seen some parents who did that. They're like, well, my kid doesn't do anything else. So this is the only thing I have is leverage against them. I'm like, what are you doing? No, don't do that. You know, it would backfire many times and the kid would say, well, I'm not going to have anything to do with God then if you're going to use this to punish me. And so, you know, I just encourage you, you know, Pastor Jeff, maybe you want to say something, but you know, this is important that we have our kids as much as possible in the house of the Lord. Get them involved in the youth group. Encourage them to go to camps when they're younger so they can make more friends and, and just, just the power. Maybe you can even hire like that you know you just got back from two weeks of camps highlight yeah dcyk kids got back from camps the power of getting our, our children involved in church and even the culture we're talking about as a staff maybe hit on that um really the big thing for me that i always saw model uh for me growing up was uh consistency and i grew up a pastor's kid was in church from the time i was four days old um and kind of like PG mentioned, you know, whether I wanted to go or not, I was going. And uh, I didn't see it at the time, but what that was doing was just laying a foundation for my life. And went through a long period of just running from everything that God had for my life. Um, but at the end of the day, I still had that foundation. And it wasn't hard um, to get back involved in church. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with PG and most of these guys that, uh, you know, I had said my whole life, I don't want anything to do with any type of ministry. Uh, I'm cool going to church. I'm cool being a section leader and passing out envelopes for Pastor Tom when he wants me to. But that's the extent of my involvement. And I had said that to my wife, I don't know how many times. And uh, then PG and Miss Mel sit in our living room and they're like, uh, hey, we're going a different direction. You know, uh, this is 
our hearts, uh, will you guys be the youth pastors? And it was like, whoa, uh, you know, all those words came full circle, kind of hit me in the face. And it was like, uh, in the moment, I just said, yeah, uh, we'd love to do it. And um, that's something that we've been talking about as a staff is that uh, the, the got to versus the get to. Right. And getting, uh, getting to the point to where Mike mentioned it as well that, you know, not only are we excited because we get to come serve uh, not only as a group and as a team, uh, but we get to serve you guys as the church. Uh, we get to serve our community. Uh, for my wife and I especially, we get to serve the next generation of leaders in this church. And uh, it's something that we don't take lightly. And now we're seeing it with our boys. You know, they, when is class? You know, when, it, when is church? What are we doing? You know, and making the time. And like we had talked about, you know, the biggest thing, I was gone a lot this week. Um, it was a crazy week. But come Friday... Uh, I was able to take my oldest up to camp with me. Uh, he was able to stay the night, you know, camping, uh, if you want to call an air-conditioned hotel room with shower and warm water camping. Uh, it was still awesome, you know, that, that's my kind of camping. Um, but he was able to go with me, and, you know, that's something that he, uh, he talked about all week. I told him leading up to, hey, I'm going to be gone a lot this week, and he's not used to dad being gone. Um, I said, I'm going to be gone a lot. Uh, you're not going to see me a lot. But on Friday, you're going with me. And um, that made his whole week. You know, that made up for the entire time I was gone. Um, it wasn't, uh, oh, I've got to go ride in the car for two hours. It was, oh, my gosh, I get to go to camp. You know, he actually took a nap. It was like, whoa. You know, he's like, Dad, it went so fast, you know. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I try to tell you all the time. You need to sleep more. But um, <laughs> that... That's what, uh, that's the big push for us as a church and, and especially as a staff is that, you know, it, it is a truly, it is truly an honor to get to serve you guys. And I say get to um, intentionally. Uh, this is a choice by us. Um, none of us are up here because we're being forced to do it or anything else. It's truly a choice. And uh, I know I can speak for myself and my wife that it's truly an honor getting to serve your guys as students, 6th uh, through 12th grade. Um, and uh, we've got a lot coming up through the ranks. I know Justin and them are loaded back there with kids, and they're going to be, you know, in our hands here pretty soon, and it is truly an honor to get to serve them. Uh, so that's, that's my Right, thought. and so the, the culture that we're, we've been talking about as a staff, you've already touched on a little bit here, was basically we are making sure that we are teaching our families and our kids that every time we come to serve, whether it's for an event whether it's on a Sunday morning, whether it's setting up for something going on on a Thursday, whatever it is, that we just tell our kids what a privilege it is to serve D.C. What a privilege it is to serve the local church. And we make that culture. And I love it because you'll come through the church different times all of the week long, and you'll see every one of these uh, guys up here, every one of their, 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 their children who are old enough to serve are serving somewhere in the church. And I love that. They're serving, volunteering at times, doing different things. They're part of the different ministries and outreaches and things we have going on, serving, whether it's babysitting, whether it's working the kids' classrooms, whether it's helping clean, set up, serving the cops, all, all these different areas. They're, they're in charge and helping us. And we love that. And so we're trying to create that culture of reminding ourselves every time we come that what a privilege it is. And the same way should be for all of us here. We should be reminding our kids that, it's a privilege and an honor to serve the local church. We get, to, we get to go. We don't have to go. We get to serve. We don't have to serve. Much different culture that we want to make sure that we are teaching our children and that the, it's an honor to serve the local church. And what an awesome thing it is. You know, 
most of us grew up in churches where you didn't want to bring friends, as we talked about earlier. You know, so at Destiny Church, we work really hard at creating an atmosphere where teenagers and children and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas all enjoy the service and all have touch points in the service and all can be reached. And not every church does that. And so what an honor it is to go to a church that values you as a teenager. What an honor it is to go to a church that values you as a children. You know, we teach that and we bring it up. How many think that's a good thing to teach our children? Amen. Really believe that? Amen. Let me ask this. Uh, what do you, what do you wish that, if you, a couple of you answers. If there's one thing you wish that women understood or our wives understood about being a husband or being a man, What's one thing that you really wish they could understand that maybe you don't feel like every woman really understands it? This is dangerous right here. Question for Brian to answer. <laughs> Lisa's not here. Okay. That's right. All right. Take your liberty. Um, She's not here. Yeah. No, I will tell you, I will tell you this perspective because, um, being a, being a school administrator, I see a lot of parents come in, see a lot of kids. Um, but I see a lot of parents come in and anytime that I can, that a dad comes in, and usually they come in not because they're usually parent, parents don't really come visit the schools just to check in and tell us how great we're doing. Um, so when they come in, they're usually pretty hot, pretty upset. But you know what? I love, love, love when parents come in, especially when the dads come in. Because even if they're mad, even if they're upset, even if they're angry with something that we did, they're coming in because they care. And, and I'm going to tell you this. It, it's not something that guys grow up thinking about. When they're little boys, they think about playing baseball and playing football and being a superhero, none of which has to do with diapers, okay? <laughs> so anytime that you have a man that is willing to be a dad, whether it's his own kids or coaching other kids or, or something like that, I, ladies, I want you to know that's a special thing because guys are selfish. <laughs> we uh, we are really important to ourselves. And, and, and when, I mean, sharing beef jerky with my child is difficult. Amen. That's mine. And, and so I, I'm, I'm being a little funny, but I'm also being serious. This, it is not ingrained in us as we are children growing up to want to be somebody who's going to care for some little snot nosed brat. Okay. But, but we, if you get someone that'll do it, that's a win. Okay. So I'm, I just want to say something to the guys out here. You guys are amazing. I mean, they're, and, and if they're not involved in your kids and you think that that doesn't show up at school or in their lives, it certainly does. It really, really does. And I know I'm probably preaching to the choir because you guys are all here, but I'm just saying it's an amazing thing when we have guys that are willing to, to give up themselves and give to their children. It's just a special thing. That's good. Anybody else has something you want? Wish all women knew about being how, what it is to be a man, or your wife knew about about the man. Maybe the way we think, the way we're ingrained. Anyone brave enough to share this? Okay, there you go. Okay. My wife and I have came a long way in this regard, but uh, uh, men feel a lot of pressure, and uh, whether that's pressure to provide, uh, pressure to. Uh, be a husband, pressure to be a father, uh, whatever that is. Um, as a dad, and I, I know women feel it the same way, but I, I do strongly feel that it's a completely different feeling of pressure from a guy's standpoint. Um, and 
women are naturally built uh, to kind of be pulled in multiple directions, and they flow better in that. Guys aren't that way, uh, especially myself. Um, I'm a one-track guy, um, 100 miles an hour in that direction. When something's in my way, I don't deviate from it very hard. I usually try to run through that, and then it leads into all other sorts of issues. But uh, pressure, there's sometimes we just feel like we're in an incubator, and we just need a break. And during those moments, um, you know, just my wife has learned I just got to be alone. Like, it's okay. I spend way too much time in my yard on my grass, but that's my time away. I'm able to put headphones in, and even though it's 100 degrees and I don't really feel like being out there, it's still good for me at the time. And usually it's when at the end of a hard week or I've had a few days there to where I'm exhausted, I'm tired. I feel the pressure of everything, and it's like I just have to decompress and get away. Um, so that's that's really the main thing that I feel yeah. guys struggle with. Uh, the other, I, I think that's so like, true, Jeff. I think you hit what I, I would agree 100 percent that uh, I don't think, ladies, sometimes you understand the pressure that a man feels for the family 24/7. You know, and that's the the home, the raising of kids, the providing for the family. Uh, the responsibility of guardianship, responsibility of nurturing and, and training and providing, it just, it weighs on us. And so a lot of times as husbands, what we do is we want to shield our wife. We want to shield our kids from that pressure and we carry that. And then we don't, we don't share it with other guys very good because we don't always open up. And so we, we will carry that weight of the world on our shoulders and never talk about it. But oftentimes you wonder, what's, what's wrong? Why is he being distanced today? Or well, why is he in this mood? And sometimes you, if I could just get in the mind of a guy, it's not so much he's in a bad mood. Sometimes we just feel the weight of the world on our shoulders because we feel like ultimately when it comes down to it, we're responsible to make sure you have everything you need as a mom, as, as a wife. We're responsible to make sure our, our kids have what they need. And, man, it's a heavy pressure sometimes on a, on a guy like we can't just if we take a vacation we're thinking about all right if i spend this much on vacation all these bills are gonna be waiting when i get back there but yeah i gotta give my kids a good time i mean it's just a lot that goes into it that not everybody sees and thinks through and the way the world sometimes can be on the guy's shoulders um i just want to hit on one thing just because i feel led by the spirit to do it um there's some there's some guys in this room uh that they're listening to everything we're saying and they're hurting because maybe your situation, maybe your situation or your ability to be a dad may be hindered in one way or another. Uh, but, but I'm telling you, uh, just keep fighting. Uh, keep fighting through the pain, keep fighting through the hurt, keep fighting through whatever it takes to let your kids know that there's no mountain that you won't tear down. There's no valley that you won't go through. There's no pain that they will have to deal with. There's nothing that you won't do to ever stop coming and running after them. And at the end of the day, if you can do that for your child and if they can just know, kids just want to know that they're loved. They just want to know that they feel special. They just want to know that someone is willing to grab out and pull a hold of me. And gentlemen, if you can do that, you will change a generation and you will change the world for the better. Do the best that you can with what you have to give your kids the time. And I promise you, you will be the world's greatest dad in their eyes. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to close with this last statement. And to, to the guys out here who... You didn't have a role model. You didn't have your dad present in your life, or you, maybe your dad was there, but just wasn't, wasn't active in your life. Some of you didn't even know your father. You know, we don't have time to go heavy into this, but maybe just in, just a, 
a sentence or two. Pastor Tom, give us a little bit here. You know, what would you say to those dads that are trying to break out of that mode and, you know, and, and do something they haven't ever seen modeled before? They've never seen that model, and now they're trying to do it to their kids. And sometimes fear of saying, I'm going to blow it for my kids, you know, or I'm not going to, I'm going to make a mistake with my kids. So fear keeps them from, from doing it. What would you say to that guy who's never had that role model and is trying to do that for your kids? The desire to have a father never leaves your kids. Never. It's never too late. I don't care if your oldest son is 20, 30, 40, 50. The desire to have a father never leaves a child, whether that be a son or a daughter. It never leaves. They always want to have a relationship with their father. So wherever you are right now, you can't... I'm telling you, you can't do anything about the past except for ask for forgiveness, right? And that's a great spot to start. Wherever you're at right now, you don't have to keep doing the same thing. You can do something different. You can be the father that God has called you to be. And just like these guys have said, uh, like Pastor Gene have said, as you guys know, simply being present, simply taking, I mean, get out your phone. Tell your son or your dad, say, man, I love you. I love you. Do you know how much your kids just want to hear you say, I love you? I mean, just like they said earlier, I I could spend every penny I ever make and buy them stuff. Or I could take time to tell my kid and show my kid how much I love them and how much they mean to me and how much I cherish them. And I promise you, you're the... They're going to remember that. They're going to remember that dad told me he loved me. He gave me a big hug. He was, don't ever get too old to hug your kids. I see, I see, stand up here. I see guys, man, if, if you've met me, I will not hug you like this. This sucks. I will hug you like that because that's what your kids want. And the cool thing is, that's what your Heavenly Father does too. He doesn't give you a side hug. He gives you a chest-to-chest hug and says, I love you, son. I love you. And that's what your kids want to know. That is, that's what your wife wants to know more than anything. They don't, I mean, you know, really when it comes down to it, it doesn't, it doesn't boil down to the dollar sign. It doesn't boil down to the kind of shoes I'm wearing. It boils down to my dad loves me and he cares for me. And so I just want you to know, your Heavenly Father loves you. And He cares for you. And He wants you to know right now, if you don't know that, man, He loves you. And He's got a great plan for your life. And, and He wants you to walk in that. Okay? And let me, let me uh, tell you something. If you don't have a dad and you need one, if you don't have a daddy and you need one, come see us. Because that's why we're here, okay? Come see us. I think that uh, one of the most strongest things today that we realize is that we all have a need for a father and i think there's guys out here today uh, maybe there's somebody here and you say you know what i haven't been present in my kid's life for whatever reason maybe maybe you made some mistakes and you didn't feel like you was welcome back you know what what do you do from here or maybe you you have a bad relationship with an ex and you just in order to keep peace you just don't even go around because you're not welcomed in but i just challenge you no matter what the obstacle is in your way do every living thing in your power to build a relationship with children. I don't care if they're grown now. Like Pastor Tom said, just simply say, you know what? Just admit, 
hey, I'm sorry that I blew it when he was younger, but going forward, I want you to know I'm here for you, and I want to do everything I can to let you know how much I love you. I'm sorry that I blew it. Kids are forgiving, man. All we want to hear is that you genuinely love us. That's all we want to hear, right? We never outgrow that. We never outgrow that. We want to be loved by our Father. So I encourage you, Dad, spend the time. Leave a godly heritage for your children. And don't let excuses stop you from stepping up to the plate and being a man. Some of you here, you're doing that for your grandchildren. Some of you are doing it for your nieces and nephews. Some of you are stepping up as a stepfather. Some of you are stepping up as adopting and being foster parents. Whatever it is, be there. Be there. Guys, let's all stand today. All of us stand across the room today. I'm going to invite every man in the house, young and old, join me around the front. We want to pray for you today before we leave. So all the guys, will you quickly just step out? Ladies, give these guys a big hand clap. We appreciate all these men. Man, there you go, guys. Yeah, step up to the front, make room for those coming in. Awesome. So you guys step up today, man. Wow. Guys, let me tell you this, that today, no matter what you're facing, I want you to know this one thing. We believe in you. Maybe you never heard everybody say it to you today. Some of you are thinking, I want to do this, but I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Step up. Be the man God wants you to be. Be the father you need to be. Don't let any excuses stand in your way. Knock down that wall and say, you know what? I'm going to step up to the plate. I'm going to lead my children. I'm going to lead my wife. Young men today, I want you to know we believe in you. We believe in you, man. We believe in you. I've blown it. We've all blown it. Don't, don't give up. Keep going. Dream big dreams, man. Don't be afraid to, to open up your mind and think about, God, what can I do big in my life for the kingdom of God? What can I do to lead my family? Dream big dreams. Don't be afraid. Dr. Joseph, dream big dreams, right? Don't let your circumstances. Growing up where? Where did you grow up? Nigeria. But yet found himself studying medical school in New York City. And now is working as one of our team doctors here locally in this area. Don't let your dream die. Dream big dreams. We believe in you. Maybe you never had anybody say that before, but we want to tell you, we believe in you. Pastor Mike, we believe in you. I've told him that since he's been young, and he's not let any barriers stand in his way, even though he didn't have a father and he grew up with challenging difficulties in his home. I'm telling you that we believe in you. Let's quickly, let's just worship the Lord. The staff are going to quickly come through and just lay a hand on your shoulder and just speak a blessing over your life. Come on, guys, let's tell God. God, take me to the new level as a father, as a man, as a husband. God, allow me to be the man you're calling me to be. Come on. Oh, and I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love Good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you, it's who I am, 
All right, guys, so I invite you right now. Can, can I simply get you just to simply put a hand on the shoulder next to you? Could you do that, guys? Just put a hand on the shoulder next to you, the guys next to you. Hey, we understand. We understand the struggles it is. And you're not alone, okay? You're not alone. I'm proud of every man here today, okay? I don't care where you've, where you've come from. I don't care what you've done in your past. You're here today. You're here today. And I want you to know we're proud of you and we believe in you. I want to pray for you before you leave today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every young man. Lord, every young adult. God, every parent, every uncle, every brother, every husband, every grandparent. Father, that is here today. Every father that is here today. God, I pray right now. Lord, I pray that you would raise them up to be men after the Father's heart. Not perfect guys, but guys who are pursuing. Let's say, God, I want to please God in my life. I want to be an example to my family. I want to be an example to my children. I want to be an example to my nieces and nephews. I want to be an example to my coworkers, to my schoolmates. I want to be an example. And Father, right now, I pray that, God, you're calling these men, Lord, to live their life boldly for you, courageous for you. God, not afraid to take risks for the kingdom, not afraid to dream big dreams for their family. And, God, I thank you today, God, and I pray right now, supernatural blessing on every man who came forward today. God, you're blessing them. You're encouraging them. God, I pray right now, Lord, their mind is at rest and renewed in you. Their heart and spirit is renewed by the Holy Spirit today. And God, you're refueling us. God, you're refocusing us. That God, we can leave here today focused in, God, on what's important in our life. May we cut away the things that distract us from you. And may we pursue leading people to the kingdom. May we pursue our life and making a kingdom impact. God, I thank you for these men today. May you go with them. May you grow with them. In Jesus' name we say, amen. Amen. Give a guy a high five next to you. Come on. Come on, guys. Give him a big high five and say, I believe in you. I believe in you. Listen, guys, before you leave today, don't forget, as soon as you leave, go out the door to your left. We got some ice cold root beers waiting on you there. Check out a few of those cars and boats over there. Grab one of those before you leave. God bless you. We love you. Have a great rest of your afternoon.